Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Today we've got a crazy story of getting stuck with cleaning up the nasty mess the neighbor's cat made and the revenge they enacted because of it. But first, non-stop debt calls for previous number holder. Years ago, back when you had to change your number every time you changed your cell phone carrier, I started receiving a lot of calls for the previous holder of my phone number. The worst part is they called at crazy hours, starting around 6 and going most of the day. They refused to believe that they got the wrong person. I guess they assumed I was trying to default on a debt. So finally, I pretended to be the person they were looking for and I asked if there was a phone number and extension I could contact them with. I took that number and called a bunch of moving companies asking for quotes and using the phone number he had given and the name of the guy they thought I was. I knew a lot of these companies sold the numbers to spam call lists and things. A few days later, I got another call from the debt collector that went something like this. Mr. So-and-so, I want you to know I didn't appreciate your prank. I've had to change my extension within the company because I'm getting so many calls. I said, you mean it's bothering you to get non-stop phone calls for somebody that isn't you? They said, you could have tried harder to tell me you weren't Mr. So-and-so. I said, you could have listened to me when I said I wasn't. Click. I never heard from them again. See, I think OP got off easy here getting an actual number. I feel like most times I've heard about these debt collectors, they're playing like the musical chairs but with phone numbers, where no one number is the same and you're not going to be able to just spam call them and blow them up like that. And by the way, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit the subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, use me for your gains? Have fun being divorced? My sister-in-law is a decade older than me, and to be honest, she has her way with words, lies, and is very manipulative to everybody. Anyways, one time she tried to use me to turn her husband against his mom, and me being young, naive, and new to the family, went along with the plan. I instantly felt guilty after realizing it had absolutely nothing to do with me, but she made me feel like she was the victim. Months go by, and I'm now privy to her ways. I stopped by their home to pick up my daughter and hear them discussing, fighting, about his parents and heard sister-in-law say she has no problems with his mom. It just happened to be my luck that I walked in as she said this. Cue petty revenge. I casually say to them, well sister-in-law, remember when you asked me to hide a voice recorder in your husband's mom's room so you can eavesdrop on her phone calls so you can prove to your husband how bad of a mom she is? Did you ever find anything in there? After I dropped that bomb, I picked up my daughter and headed out. I just wish I was there to witness the aftermath and the embarrassment on her face. She hasn't talked to her sister, my wife, and myself since. Does anybody think that OP might be the jerk for not disclosing this sooner? Like, having only dropped it when it kind of benefits them to get like satisfaction out of revenge? Shouldn't you have just told the husband once you kind of wisened up in your ways? Our next story is, couple decided to steal a deeded parking space. I work in a place with a deeded parking garage. 
Each space is owned by a resident, but we only have 75 spots and 300 units. If you don't have a spot, you gotta permit park your car on the street or find a parking garage in the neighborhood. I had one old sweet lady, I'll call her Granny, who owned a Mini Cooper and a parking space to go with it. Another couple who rented a unit didn't have a parking spot and took to planting their economy car in her spot. When Granny complained, the renters would just say they were entitled because there were so many empty parking places so Granny could park somewhere else. What the heck do they not get about deeded parking? This continued until the day the sweet old lady decided to be not so sweet. Pulled her car in front of the two grifters, renters, car, and parked bumper to bumper. Put a note on their car saying, Parking in this space is $150 a day. Please leave a check with the concierge. So the two grifters, renters, showed up at my desk complaining about their car being blocked off and actually expected me to tow Granny's car off. I had to re-explain that deeded parking meant that I couldn't tow a car from Granny's spot any more than I could rearrange furniture in her apartment. It's her land. She owns it. You abandoned your car on her property. Talk to Granny. So after 20 minutes or so of the grifters, renters, witching, I called Granny even though it was early in the morning. She came down to the desk in her house coat and slippers with her dog in tow. They begged her to move her car. Granny told them it would be 150 bucks. Leave the check with the concierge. They kept complaining. Then she told them it would be an extra 50 for waking her up in the morning because they claimed an emergency. Then they asked her how long before she left the garage. Granny told them, Dearies, I'm retired. I'll leave my spot when I'm ready. And the price just went up to $150 a day, plus $50 for waking me. And that'll be in cash. Leave the envelope with the concierge. I'm walking my dog and I'll move my car when I have your rental fee in hand. Not only did the renters never park in her spot again, but Granny got her cash. As an added bonus, the two renters witched so much that word got around. And I didn't have to deal with that issue for another two years. I haven't actually heard of deeded parking, but it sounds pretty straightforward. And honestly, I'm really impressed with the power it gives to the person that owns the deed to that parking spot. Our next story is, tell me to ignore you? No problem. A few years ago, I took a winter retail job to make some extra money. I met a woman there I'll call Destiny. We would chat when it was slow, grab food on breaks, that sort of thing. When her friend Eve started soon after, things got weird. Eve never liked me and I'm not sure why. I was always pleasant to her. One day, Destiny came to me and said that Eve was getting jealous that the two of us were friends. Readers, we are women in our 30s, not 15. Destiny said that if all three of us were working, it would be better for you to do your thing and we'll do ours. Okay then. Shortly before I quit, we had a really cold, snowy night. Instead of waiting for the bus, I decided to get a cab. They're far and few between on these cold eaves, and the phone line stays busy. Same for Uber. It's not as easy to get one as it is in many cities. It's better to flag one down as this is a fairly busy road. I soon spotted Destiny and Eve huddled together walking out the door of the shop. I realized I had to beat them to a cab. I speed walked one street up and saw a magical vision, a free taxi driving towards me. I took my time in getting in as they both stared at me from down the road. As the cab drove past, I looked at them with a blank expression. I know it's not a huge revenge, but I like to hope it took them a long time to see another cab. 
I mean, if they're gonna give you the cold shoulder, it's only right for you to give them the cold shoulder back, right? Even more literally than they did to you. This next story is, stomp on our ceiling will embarrass the heck out of you. Over a decade ago, I went to college in a small town. It's a very oil-driven town. If you don't work for a drilling or well service company, you work for someone that supports or services this type of work. I was in school for automotive. The school was subsidized by three major automotive manufacturers, which helped out considerably on costs for tuition, books, and rent. Rent was the big one. The school rented out about two dozen apartments and then subleased them to us for a greatly discounted rate. As part of the class organization, we did two months at school, then rotated home and worked at a dealership as an apprentice for two months to get practical knowledge. While we were at home, another group rotated into school. This rotation went on for 18 months. These were not high-end by any means, they were lightly furnished with the best Walmart could buy. But we weren't complaining. For the bull majority of us, this was our first foray into independent living. I was assigned to live with two other guys in a small three-bedroom on the bottom floor. It was a sub-level, with our windows being at ground level. The first week or two were great. No issues. We were all in the same manufacturer course, which had a starting class at 6.30am, so we all helped out getting each other up and moving for class. After the first week though, we started having noise issues with the apartment above us. Stomping around, or a child running heavy-footed. At first we didn't mind it, kids will be kids. Then we realized that it was happening almost all hours. 2, 3, 4 a.m. The stomping never seemed to stop. This went on for about two weeks. Then, magically stopped. We quickly realized that the man that lived above us was an oil field worker and would leave on two-week hitches on the rig, leaving his wife and two young kids. It was the times that he was gone that would get loud. We confronted her once we realized what was going on. This was our first time meeting her. She opened the door with a scowl and a what? Being over a decade ago, I can't remember exactly what she said after that, but it amounted to us being scum automotive students and that the other rotation was a terrible group of guys who partied and kept her kids up. It basically amounted to her witching us out for what the other group did. We tried to explain that we didn't know them and they didn't know us and we couldn't be responsible for what they did. She replied, not my freaking problem and slammed the door in our faces. The stomping increased from then on. Every attempt to talk to her was met with more anger and she eventually stopped answering the door. It was at this point we decided it was at this point we decided to go to war. We started simple. We started following her around while tapping the ceiling with a broomstick. This backfired twofold. One, she starts stomping harder. Two, we quickly realized that we were crushing the popcorn ceiling. Our solution after this was genius. This all occurred at the end of the heyday of flip phones. At the time, I had one with a prominent one-inch antenna. While inspecting the ceiling to see how much damage we had done with the broomstick, we found that a previous owner had installed hooks for hanging plants in almost every room. When we removed the hooks, we found that my phone's antenna and another roommate's antenna on his phone fit snugly into each hole. This led to us calling the phones, which then transferred the vibrations to the ceiling, amplifying them considerably. The next week was an all-out assault. Anytime stomping started, we would insert a phone and start calling. 
We even recruited friends from school to do multiple rooms at once. For a day or two, the stomping increased, but by day three, our barrage was having a serious effect. By day five, we could hear her speaking to someone on the phone very loudly about the sound she couldn't explain. Finally, on day six, she caved and came down to confront us. The apartment was full. We had eight to ten of us over doing homework. My roommate, a very sarcastic man from southern New Mexico, answered the door. She demanded to know what we were using to make the buzzing sound and to quit it immediately. With a straight face, my roommate replied that we weren't sure what it was. We figured one of her kids found one of her love toys and had been playing with it and leaving it on or dropped it down a vent. We all burst out laughing hysterically and a few of us got up to go to the door to see the look on her face. White as a ghost, she scurried away. We then heard the sounds of her tearing her apartment to pieces. To further the effect, we followed her from room to room buzzing away. This went on for another half hour before we quit. The next day, we continued the noise until we saw her husband come home. Being fellow working guys, we agreed early on that we didn't want to mess with him as the stomping ended when he was home. We heard an argument ensue shortly after he walked in that lasted through the day. All was quiet for the next few days, then we left midweek for our rotation home. When we returned, we found out that they had moved out. Happy to be the straw that broke the camel's back, we went about our lives. We did find out later, after becoming friends with the apartment manager, that they had broken their lease about the time we left. See, I was wondering when they said that it only happened when the husband left, that at some point they were going to find that when the husband left, some guy was dropping by in the meantime and, you know, that's what was causing the stomping. But I guess it didn't go that way. Our next story is, leave it a mess, you're going to make a mess for yourself. So I was a phlebotomist for six years at our local hospital and I worked both first and second shift. Because I worked both shifts, I obviously knew the different types of workloads that came with each shift. And although yes, during the day we had a lot more outpatients, in the evening the staff went from around 10 to just 3. We're a small town, so it would be just one phlebotomist and two lab techs. While this particular day shift, phlebotomists would always leave her room a huge mess. She would leave trash all over the place, supplies all over, and never fill back up the supply stock trays like we're supposed to do before she left. So in the evenings, I'd have to clean that all up. All while also trying to do my normal job as I was the only one there, the lab techs work in the back processing and running the lab tests. After a few times, I asked nicely if she would make sure to clean up her station before she left, and she responded that she was too busy and I had plenty of time to do it on second shift for her, even though it was literally her responsibility and no one else did this. So what I decided to do was, after cleaning her mess and refilling everything, there was a big plastic bag full of plastic hubs that go over the needles, and when I put it back in the drawer, I made sure to place it in there upside down. So when she came back in the morning and eventually had to refill her tray, we went through a lot so we refilled multiple times a day, when she picked the bag up, the huge bag of hubs fell out all over the floor. It was like a hundred of these things, and it made a huge mess that she then had to clean up. So almost every time she would leave a mess after that, I would make sure to put the bag in upside down. The first time it happened, and it actually worked, I just died laughing. 
but eventually she caught on and came up to me and said that I needed to be more careful with putting the bags away because she keeps spilling them all over the place. So I replied, sorry, I don't have time to pay attention to how I'm putting the bag. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Again, you should just try and look before you pick it up. Her face was priceless, and she hardly ever left her station a mess when it was me on second shift after that. But every once in a while, I'd still put the bag in upside down and crack up laughing at my dumb, petty joke. There were even a few times that I had to work first shift the next day and got to hear the sound of them falling all over the place and her flipping out. And I laughed so hard I almost peed my pants. I mean, yeah, if you're going to be a lazy jerk at your job and try to dump stuff onto your co-workers, your co-workers are probably going to try to dump stuff back onto you. Is there not anybody above both of these people that kind of oversees this? that might be witnessing what's going on here. It's just disappointing to see clashing going on like that in a hospital type environment. Our next story is, try and give me a parking ticket. I'll take my pound of flesh. I visited a buddy who lived in the downtown of a major metro. He told me to park out behind a grocery store that was right near his building in a shared lot. I parked in an open spot and then went up to visit my buddy for a few hours. When I came out, now dark, I saw that someone had put up big wooden signs in front of my car with one of the business's names on them, along with instructions that you're not allowed to park there after 8pm. They also decided to give me a ticket. My first reaction was to take the signs down and take a picture of my car. I can fight the ticket if there was an incorrect signage. After a few moments of yanking these down and pondering, my petty rage began to grow until it bloomed. I thought of all the time I'd have to waste dealing with this and how predatory this was. Be the change that you want to see in the world and all that. So I loaded up the three big wood signs into the back of my car and left. Screw them. The fallout, I never paid the ticket and never heard a peep about it. My friend got married a few months later and got great use of those signs after they repainted with wedding stuff. 
This makes me wonder if it was some, like, neighborhood vigilante that was trying to enforce it. I mean, who goes around sticking these big old signs in the ground? That definitely can't be some, like, parking enforcement, right? That's probably just some busybody who's got no life who wants to harp over people parking there. Our next story is, block my driveway and call me names? I'll scare off your weed customers. Years ago, I lived in an old house that was just inside the wrong side of the tracks, if you know what I mean, but it was affordable. We had a number of fruit trees, and for the most part, being right on the edge, our neighbors were quiet. We looked out for each other. The house was on a corner lot with a detached garage on the side. The garage looked like crap. The driveway was sunken in about a foot below the level of the grass and curb, but it was still obviously a driveway, as you know, and we parked our car there. Two groups of people would regularly block the driveway, even if our car was parked there. The people going to the Catholic church across the street, I wish this was a story about getting back at them, but they were really just heck on earth to be neighbors towards, and the guests of the drug dealer next door on the side the driveway was on. Younger guy, maybe mid-twenties, living with his grandma, growing weed in the backyard. Honestly, I don't care. Leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. At least his guests would leave quickly or just move if I went outside to the car, unlike the church dill holes. But one night, I get home and there's a party going on and my driveway is blocked. I honk a few times, no one comes. My yard is crap anyway, so I say screw it. I want to get inside and go to bed. So I drive over the curb, across the grass, and then three-point park in my driveway. The drug dealer guy comes over cussing at me, claiming I almost hit the truck. Wasn't even close. I point to the dash cam, and he calls me a few names and leaves. Truck gets moved quickly. Next day, I buy a burner phone. Many of his guests are from local businesses with the business name and number on the truck. Plumbers, landscapers, things like that. Vehicles that don't look out of place, sitting parked randomly in the neighborhood. Every time I saw one of them parked nearby... I could see pretty well from one of the backyard windows, but would be hard for them to see from the street. Blocking my driveway or not? I called the number. I'd claim to be a member of the church monitoring their cameras and just making sure they're working on a house nearby because I wouldn't want them to get caught up in the drug sting. About half the time I'd be speaking to someone directly in the vehicle and they would quickly drive away, even if the drug dealer guy was walking out. Sometimes I'd get a receptionist who would be confused as to why their truck was there, but it would still move quickly. After about a month of this, and maybe 20 calls, none of the neighbor's guests parked in front of my driveway again. He met them around the opposite corner, away from the church's cameras. For those thinking that I should have called the cops, we literally had a sheriff substation around the other corner, 600 feet walk away. They didn't care, and I'm pretty sure the neighbors sold to the cops too. They were just smart enough to not be obvious about it. Honestly, I kind of roll with OP's ideology. If you don't get all up in my business or bother me, I honestly could care less as long as you're not endangering the neighborhood or just being a trashy neighbor, especially if it's as simple as something like weed. But, I mean, you gotta have a level of respect for your neighbors. This next story is, I had a teacher for four years that treated me awfully. And yesterday, I made out with her daughter. Long story short, some years ago, I, 16-year-old female, started going on private English lessons, as it's not my first language, and I had this one teacher, Mrs. Groove, that didn't stop shouting at me, 
called me insults when I couldn't answer the question and made homophobic jokes all the time. Some months ago I met a girl, Sandy, through mutual friends, and I always thought she looked like someone and reminded me of someone, but I couldn't recognize who. One day I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a picture of Mrs. Groove and Sandy, and when I tell you I was shocked, I mean, how could such a homophobic person create the gayest girl I know? Yesterday, me and Sandy went on a party with our mutual friends. We got drunk and we made out. 10 out of 10. I would definitely do it again. I know my former teacher will probably never know what I did, but it's still such a good way to get back to her. This is one of those things I think mentally makes you satisfied, but as long as you're not doing that with Sandy solely to get back at Mrs. Groove, I think that's the important thing because it's kind of weird if you're just doing it just for the satisfaction of it. Our next story is, I was only helping. My coworker threw away some important things that'll be expensive to replace and can also cause my evaluations to be affected and she told me she was just trying to help. She'll also be telling our boss that she was helping me clean up my workspace. Since she's been refusing to help out around our store or even tell her employees when to go to lunch, I sent all of her employees to lunch at the same time for her. And when she found out, I let her know that I was only helping her. She didn't like that she had to come out of hiding to help customers. If you think that your coworker is going to try to weaponize your boss by going to them and telling them that they did this and that, I think it would be in the best interest for OP to try to play one step ahead of them and work with the boss and try to inform the boss of honestly what's going on. Our next story is Shady Medical Debt Collector Gets Caught With Their Pants Down A few years ago, pre-Rona, I had a serious medical incident. Not going into too many details, but I wound up spending a few months recovering in the hospital in the largest city near where I was living at the time. This was three to four hours drive from my hometown. At the end of my stay in the major hospital, we decided I would be transferred to a physical rehab hospital in my hometown for further recovery and PT. This meant I needed an ambulance transfer back home. We got the arrangements made with the National Ambulance Company, and the day of the transfer was smooth. Nothing I needed to worry about, or so I thought. Fast forward about six months, I've recovered and have returned to work at the same employer, and suddenly started getting collections letters concerning my ambulance ride. I call my insurance company to ask what the heck, and they have no record of that trip ever being submitted for payment. They see where the first hospital was billing, then boom, the rehab hospital starts billing, nothing in between. I call the ambulance company and talk with their customer support and inquire what the heck is the deal with going straight to collections instead of submitting it to my insurance. They claim that they did, that I must have ignored the bill. Spoiler alert, I'm on a high deductible health plan, meaning once I hit a certain out-of-pocket dollar amount, my insurance pays 100%. I don't even see the bill unless I log into the app and look at my charges. I explain this and the rep is very dismissive that such a thing exists. I direct them to recall my account from collections and to submit the claim to my insurance as they should have done in the first place. Three months later, I'm still getting letters and harassing phone calls are now coming in at all hours. I contact my insurance and explain the situation and how I'd try to resolve this three months ago, but they're being extremely shady. I offered a three-way call the ambulance company again, 
and the insurance rep who I got the sense was really looking forward to stomping a shady provider was totally up for it and even had their supervisor come on the line as backup. I place the three-way call and get through the menus to talk to an actual human and start my spiel and the ambulance rep is adamant that no, they submitted the bill and I was just shirking my responsibilities. This is when the two insurance reps speak up and request proof that the claim was submitted. This is when I inform the ambulance rep that, oh yeah, I have my insurance provider on the line. So we can get this resolved since the ambulance company has been very uncooperative in that regard. Over the next 20 minutes or so, the ambulance rep tries to lay it off as the crew that transported me didn't submit the run sheet for my transfer. The insurance reps smell blood and start in on if the run sheet was never submitted, then how did they submit the account for collections? No good answer for that. After the ambulance rep passes the call up a level or two to get to someone that has the authority to cancel a collections account and resubmit my claim for my run, I'm satisfied. The insurance reps are happy since they found an incident to hit them with in their next contract negotiation and the ambulance reps have reached the end of their ropes. We end the call and I go on about my life. I did receive one more letter in the mail a few days later, but that was obviously in transit when I made my call. So my main question here is, would they really have made more money having passed this off to collections versus just having the insurance pay for it? Or was it more just about being stubborn and not wanting to help out? That said, our final story of the day is, I have to clean your cat's gory mess? You will too. Warning, this is a bit gross. Years ago, a new neighbor moved in next door. These were small two-story homes built close together with concrete back patios, no lawns. We backed to a grassy hillside where there was wildlife. A couple of days after they moved in, I began seeing dead bodies of what appeared to be gophers. It was quite bloody and there were entrails strewn about my patio. Having to scoop it all up with a shovel was half of it. I also had to hose the blood off of the concrete. This went on for several days and one morning, as I had suspected, I saw their cat pulling a body apart on my patio. He took off and jumped on the fence back to their house. I walked next door and the man of the house was out front hanging a plant. So this was the perfect time to address this issue. Or so I thought. The conversation went like this. I said, hi, I'm so and so and I live next to you. He said, hey, doesn't give me eye contact at any time during the conversation. I say, I've noticed your cat's been killing small animals and leaving a bloody mess on my patio. It's happened several times. He says, yeah, cats do that. I say, well, there has to be a way to put a stop to this. I'm cleaning up guts every other day. What should we do? He says, eh, what can you do? He's an outside cat. I say, can you give him a collar with a bell? That way he can chase animals, but they at least get a warning and can escape? He says, nah, no, he'd never go for that. Nah, he's never worn a collar. No. I say, so you're not going to at least try a collar with a bell? Nothing? This can't keep happening. It's not really fair that I keep cleaning this up. He just goes silent. He deliberately ignored me at that point. Donkey. So I had no choice but to be petty. The next day, I found two dead bodies on my patio. A lot of guts. So I shoveled up the guts and flung them over the fence. 
all of it. This is what I planned on doing every time. If I have to deal with this, then so do they. After hosing the blood off my patio, I went inside and looked out from my upstairs window. Their back patio was a horror show. Intestines hanging off their umbrella, chunks splattered on their table and chairs. The splattering made it even more gory. I expected a knock on my door, or some retaliation, but no response at all. The following day, I look out the window and saw they cleaned it up. I also saw the cat in their upstairs window, several feet away, staring at me. Over time, the blinds on that window got trashed by the cat. He became an indoor cat. I felt bad for the innocent wildlife, but I never blamed the cat for doing what he was hardwired to do. I blamed the owners. They didn't try the collar and bell or even supervised outside time with him. They just kept him inside. I've never done anything like that before, and I wasn't comfortable doing that, but they left me little choice. This story is definitely extremely gross, and having been around cats that live outside, I get where they're coming from with this, and they should have at least tried the collar with the bell. Not only should this guy not have pets, I hope he doesn't have kids. OP proposes a solution, the way they go, nah, they wouldn't put up with that. It's a cat, put the collar on them, they'll get used to it eventually. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy story of revenge, check out that video on the left. Or, if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 